Welcome to Love Rules, the radio ministry of Roxbury Presbyterian Church in Boston. My mom, Liz Walker, was Boston's first African-American television news anchor, but her most important job is what she does right now at RPC, preaching the good news about God's love. The Bible says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. How does that work? Join my mom now as she offers us Love Rules from Roxbury Presbyterian Church. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Love Rules. Today's message, What Were You Thinking? In our text, Luke, the 15th chapter, 11 through 20. Luke 15, 11 through 20, if you have time to get your Bibles. Then Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to the fields, and, and, and he ended up uh, feeding the pigs. And he would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. What a beautiful story, the prodigal son. You know, we all go through those experiences in life uh, that we'd rather forget. Those disasters or near disasters that come from rash plans, impulsive and foolish choices. Those really bad cracks that you get yourself into and you usually have no one to blame but yourself. I've had more than my share of them, but one stands out above the others. I was about 16, a junior in high school down in Little Rock. I had just gotten my driver's license and was always trying to talk my mother into letting me have the car, which she never did. She was smart. One night after she went to bed, I stole the car and picked up my girlfriend and went for a joyride. And within 15 minutes of getting into that Pontiac, <laughs> I was speeding, lost control of the car. It went over a curb. It hit a street sign, damaged the front end. But by the grace of God, no one was hurt. I got, however, into the biggest trouble I had ever been in, and rightfully so. And the first thing my mother said when I came home that night, what were you thinking? It's one of those inevitable universal questions other more reasonable people ask you as a result of, of the choices you make, the places you go, the ideas you come up with. What were you thinking? And when you really do something stupid, it's a question you ask yourself. You may say, well, it seemed like a good idea at the time, but really the answer is you weren't thinking. You knew it wasn't a good idea when you did it, but you did it anyway. 
The Apostle Paul says that I do not understand what I do. What I want to do, I do not do. And what I do, I hate. We've all been there in varying degrees. And we've all been confronted with that question, what were you thinking? I'm sure that's how that young man must have felt when he'd spent everything he had and was left without anything in the world, far from home, and a famine hits, and he ends up living in a field with pigs. It had started out as such a good idea, and then, well, he spent everything, and and everything went downhill, and, oh, I know he was saying, what was I thinking? You know, living with pigs, that's pretty bad. I grew up in the South, and I know what feeding the pigs, slopping the hogs is all about. It's messy and muddy, and yes, pigs will eat anything. This situation symbolizes the low of the lows. This young man was feeling so bad. The text says he would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. But, and this is the part that I like, This is the part that speaks to me, and I hope it speaks to you. When he came to himself, when he came to himself, when he came to himself, I love this term, when he came to himself, you see, we were not created to be sinful. We were not created to be depraved. We we, we were created in the image of God, but we fell. We messed up. We missed the mark. We sinned. We became less than what we really were intended to be. We lost our true north. We lost our home. And all of this, you see, is swirling through this young man's head. I, I used to know where, where I lived. I, I used to know who I was, but I, I lost that. But now I want to come back to myself. I met an old woman once who was on her way to visit her grandson in prison. We struck up a conversation, and it turned out she had to take three buses to get from where she lived to the prison that held her grandson. And I thought how awful that would be and how long that would take. And you had to time it just right to to get to the prison in time for visiting hours. And in talking to her, it sounded like most of this child's relatives had given up on him. But she did not, and despite the fact she had to travel so hard to reach him, she did that. And she told me she wanted her grandson to remember that prison was not his home. He had a home, and he would eventually get back to it. Prison was not his home. And that's the story of the prodigal son. You're out in the world, but that is not your home. I am so thankful you've joined us today. Remember, Love Rules is totally listener-supported. Won't you make a donation right now to keep this program on the air? Log on to RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org and click on Giving. That's RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org. Click on Giving. Thank you. God bless you. The world is always trying to find a way to separate us from our true home. The story of the prodigal son appears in a string of three parables about waywardness. A sheep is lost because it foolishly wanders away. A coin is lost, obviously through no fault of its own. And the son is lost out of his own selfishness, his own greed. You see, there are all kinds of ways to be lost. But 
there is another perspective on this story. And it's an interesting twist on Jesus's parables. You know, in many gospel stories, Jesus uh, tells parables to teach us how to live, to teach us how to think. But in these parables, Jesus also gives us insight into what God is thinking, into what God is thinking. Because here we have at the end of this story, as it winds down, this young man who has who has been arrogant and selfish out on the road and who has come back to himself, thank you, Lord, and who is, wants to come back home. And, and he makes his way and, and decides if his father just lets him be like the help, if he just keeps him out in the, in the fields, that'll be good enough. And just as he decides that, he looks up and here his father comes rushing out to meet this troubled child. No matter that he's done this stupid and foolish thing, his father rushes out to meet him. It's one thing to receive the child back when I stole the car. I knew the gig was up because my mama had the porch lights on. But this text says, while the son was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion, ran and put his arms around him and kissed him while the child was still far off. He hadn't yet gotten to the front porch and his, his daddy ran out to get him. He hadn't even asked for forgiveness, though that was certainly what he was going to plead but the father came out before that happened. Now, this father didn't just happen to be outside taking a walk or fixing the roof. There's a sense that he had been hoping and praying and waiting for his son's return. What is God thinking? We all have different concepts of God at different times in our walk. And, and God, of course, is, is a perfect God, a holy God, a righteous God, a just God. And that means that God does not necessarily show favoritism or partiality, but there is a part of God's nature that is absolutely not fair. <laughs> I'm talking about God's mercy and God's grace. God does not treat us as we should be treated. God withholds judgment and condemnation that we actually deserve. And this is not a circumstantial value. God does not simply offer grace sometimes. Hear me now. God is always gracious and merciful. Grace is a gift from God that has been lavished upon us, gives us salvation through Jesus Christ, not because of what we've done. We cannot be that good, at least not on this side of heaven. But God forgives us and shows us mercy anyway. And in a way, his grace is like this father that comes rushing out to meet this wayward son. If the only meaning of this story that we get is that we sin and God forgives, then we would just resign ourselves to our weaknesses and wait for God to forgive us. But God goes one better. When God notices us on the horizons of our turnaround, taking that first step, thinking about it. God hears our cries, even when they are from a distance, or they may just be mere whimpers. When we call on the name of Jesus from the depths of our hearts, something extraordinary happens. God rushes out to greet us with arms wide open, and all of heaven is at the ready to receive back one repentant soul. I don't know about you, but that's my testimony. 
I don't know where you've been, but I know where I've been. And I know that God rushed out to greet me. And that is why I love the Lord. When you call on the name of Jesus, not only does he come with compassion and love for you, but he can take you out of whatever's been holding you captive. He can deliver you from whatever's been holding you back. He can change you like nothing else can. Your sins, your waywardness, your willfulness, your selfishness, your anger, your fear, your doubt, your illness, your distress, anything you are suffering from, God can take you back from that. God can deliver you from that. That's the God we serve. And that's how God thinks. Our response, total submission and total gratitude. Thanks for joining me. Be blessed. Thank you for tuning in. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is located at 328 Warren Street, right in the heart of Roxbury. Come worship with us on Sundays at 11 a.m. This is a listener-supported program. We invite you to partner with us and learn the many ways that love rules. Visit us on our website, RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org, or call us at 617-445-2116. Love will reign if you let me.